Okay. January first January of the of first January of the of the year. It's, of course it is first Sunday of the year, and uh, we have a whole uh, whole another fifty one. 51 uh, more Sundays ahead of us, I guess, if that's how it works out, 52 weeks a year. I think that's how, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it ends oddly, I don't know. But uh, we have, a, we have a, a, a bunch of Sundays left ahead of us, We've got a whole year ahead of us, and uh, looking forward for what the Lord is uh, going to do this year. And I'm thankful that we have a lot of building stuff done so we can kind of shift focus back to the reason why we built. There's a reason why we have property. There's a reason why we have a building, and it's because of souls, right? It's that people need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and people need to be saved. And I'm I'm thankful for that, and looking forward to that. And um, but it's this first Sunday. I'm I'm going to do a few weeks here of different messages, but this first Sunday of the year, uh, I want to look at a certain subject in our text today. And uh, if you've ever had money to invest, right? Maybe. Maybe you're filthy rich like Brother Martin, and uh, he hasn't told Mary yet. I know where it's at, so if you want to know, I know where he's hiding it. And, uh, but if you had a lot of money like Brother Martin, you know, if you're going to invest, let's say you go and you have uh, seven, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 to invest, and you take $5,000 to the, the, to the investor at Edward Jones, and then you take $2,000 and send it in and set up an account with, say, Vanguard. And then maybe you have 1000 that you say, eh, I'll give it to the guys over at Stiefel. And I will see what they do with it, right? And so you've given them the money, right? They, it is now, it's your money, but it's in their care. And their job that they're, they're getting paid for is to take your money and multiply it and make more from it. Uh, than when they it was given to it. So, what, just say you've done this. You've dropped the money off, and maybe a year later. I know how. I know you. You get monthly statements and stuff like this, but it doesn't work with my story. Okay, so just block that out. And let's just say a year later. All right, you walk into the, the Mr. Edward Jones office and you say, "Hey, how'd my five thousand do?" And uh, Mr. Edward Jones says, "Oh, it's your your balance now is ten thousand. And you go, "Awesome, thank you." Right. And you know what? You keep the money there and you can add that up right over the years that that gets better and better and better. And so you leave there and then you go over across town. You go into the office of uh, Mr. Vanguard and you say, hey, how'd my two thousand dollars do? And they print off. and He says, let me see. And he prints it all off. And he goes, oh, here you go. And you notice it's four thousand. And you say, awesome. That's great. Tell you what, just keep it and we'll, we'll watch that. And then you go across town and you find uh, Mr. Stiefel. Now, this is on the internet and I have no idea of any of these companies. So this is not an indication of how any of them operate. Okay, so don't take this too far. And thankfully, the four people that watch this won't anyway. So that's okay. We're all right. <laughs> but you walk into the office of, this, of the Stiefel, Mr. Stiefel and you say, hey, how'd my thousand dollars do this year? And he prints it off and he goes... Well, good news, you still have $1,000. And you go, well, that's what I gave you. Well, good news, you still have it. <laughs> well, it was supposed to increase. Well, yeah, but you didn't lose it. Well, the purpose was to get more, not less, or to stay the same. Well, I know, but good, good news, young man, you still have your $1,000. And you might say, well, tell you what, could I go ahead and draw my $1,000 out? Well, sure. Here it is, all of it. Aren't you proud of us? Thank you. Yes, I'm very proud. I got all of my $1,000. And you walk out of Mr. Stiefel's office, and you get in your car, and you go back to Mr. Edward Jones, and you say, here's my $1,000. I want you to add that to what you've already done. Absolutely. And you go home happy, right? This is investing, right? This is how it is supposed to work. Why would you do this? Why would you go to this, this, this work to do such a thing? Well, it really, it's one word. Increase. Increase. It's easier, watch, to make money investing than it is, well, physically easier than it is physically going out and doing work. Now, you have to do physical work so you can get money to invest unless you're a trust fund baby like Brother Martin is and got all of his millions through a trust and uh, he can, he can laze around the house and doesn't have to work or anything, right? And so um, you'll be getting phone calls offline. I'm sure they'll be wanting a donation. And so... Um, but we, you invest because you want an increase. 
You invest because you want more from what you have. And can I tell you, in God's economy, it is about increase. Look at agriculture, right? What do, what do cows do? They multiply. What do sheep do? They multiply. What do trees do? They grow up and they drop seeds and they multiply. The entire planet is about multiplication. The entire, uh, uh, entirety of God's economy is about, about increase in uh, growing larger from agriculture to families. And yes, the kingdom of God. It's all about increase, right? God wants his kingdom to grow. He designed the world to be fruitful and multiply. Watch this. And he designed the kingdom to multiply as well. That's what he did. And I want to look at this this morning. And you're going to find this out. You already know this about your pastor. He's usually a day late and a dollar short, right? And I had this great theme for the year. And of course, everybody has the theme. Uh, you know, I guess I, maybe I need to get on the internet more and find out that I'm already doing what I thought was a, just a brainchild thing to come up with. But no, it's not. Everybody's already there. But I'm going to stick with it because I can't think of anything better. And, I, and, and you know, you, if, I would, if I were to have a theme for this year, and it has to rhyme, right? I would say more in 24. That rhymes, right? More in 24. That's what I want our theme to be this year. God, listen, God's economy is about growing. Not, not just numerically, but spiritually as well. And we're going to look at all of that. But it's all included within the kingdom of God. And this is the title of the first message. I've got about six weeks of messages to look at the subject in the different areas of where we want to do more in this year than we had before. Thankfully, it's not necessarily more than so-and-so does down the road, but it's more for what God has given us to do, right? It's our growth. Notice, uh, I'm not going to get into it yet, but notice uh, he didn't give the same amount to everybody and he didn't expect the same out of everybody. And we'll look at that here in just a minute. But this is the title of the first message this morning. It's real simple. It's just the word more. More. More in 24. How, how, do, how do we see this in our text? Well, if you'll notice in the text, the parable here, <clears throat> what you have presented to you is an owner. Brother Jim has read the text. We have an owner here in verse 14. And Jesus said this. This is a parable now. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling from a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So here he is. We have uh, the kingdom of heaven. We'll look at this a little bit later in depth too. We have the kingdom of heaven. stuff. It's his kingdom. Everything he has belongs to him. But number two, we see we have his investment. We have an owner with stuff. And then with his stuff, he's going to make an investment. And now notice this. He has his own three servants. Look at this. Who called his own servants? No, the servant isn't dealing with, the, the owner isn't dealing with somebody else's servants in another kingdom. He's dealing with his own servants in his own kingdom. And I know many of you are putting all of the lines together already, right? Don't get ahead of me yet, though, please. Because then I'll just have to quit and go home early and you'll get it all. But there's more, trust me. And so he has an, we have an owner with his investments. He has his own servants. They are his within his own kingdom. And he splits up his own assets among his own servants. Right. And so he's going he's gonna to give out three different numeric values here to invest. The Bible word here is talent. What is a talent? It is, it is a unit of money. Right. It, 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 is, a, it is a unit of, of, of something that has value that you can go and buy something with. And so the denomination here is five and two and one. So he goes out and he calls his servants in to give them his stuff. Who are, I have servants here. Who are my servants? Yeah, hey, Brother Earl, here, you're going to be. You're, you're, you're going to have to, because I'm the Lord of my kingdom. You're going to have to come to me. Boy, I like this. I'm going to stay here for a little while, for a minute or two, till I go home. Jim, uh, come here. Come here. You're, you're going to be one of them. Jim loves printing off $4 bills. I shouldn't have said that online. Uh, they look very authentic. So you get a $2 bill. That's yours to keep while I'm gone. Micah, come here. You get the little bitty dollar bill. 
It's little, just so you know, it's fake. I mean, come Ira saw it. She goes, that's not real. <laughs> that is yours. Thank you, great servant of mine. Tuck that away. I'm going to be gone for a little while. But, uh, and, and listen, you're going to get that to invest, okay? Notice what the Bible says here. He gave talents. Look at this. According, verse 15, according to his several ability. He gave it out according to the ability of each one of his servants. Listen, this owner knew the ability of his servants. If you've ever owned a company, if you've ever had employees, you know the limitations of your employees. I've seen it so many times in businesses I've worked in. They'll, they'll, they'll move somebody up the ladder and they were wonderful in their position. And they're like, oh, great. Well, tell you what, now you're going to run the department. You're going to run, say, install. And you're going to run this. And, and they get into that position and they fail, Right. And, and as an outsider, just doing my job, I could have said, well, that's the worst person for the job. That's beyond their capabilities. It doesn't make them bad. It was the right person in the wrong job, right? And what happened, I saw it over and over again. The, the management would be, get upset because they couldn't do the job and they fired them. It's like, well, you shouldn't have put them there. You got to know their limitations, right? Not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same capabilities. And Jesus in his parable is saying here that he gave every man to his three servants in this parable, five talents, two talents, and one talent according to their ability. So in my kingdom, I guess I'm assuming, I'm sorry to the others, but I'm assuming that Brother Earl has a little bit better ability to handle the five than Brother Jim does. So Brother Jim, you get only get two because you're just way down on the ladder. Three rungs from five. Micah, sorry. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. But this, you can handle one, you can handle two, and you can handle five, right? You know what I notice the older we get? The more confident we are in our inabilities. You know what I know about myself? I'll never be a concert pianist. I'm fine with that. I'll never be a multimillionaire. Trust me, I'm fine with that, right? I'll never be, listen, I, I can tell you, there's, I'll probably, oh, oh, careful, yeah, I'll probably never pastor a church of a thousand. I'm fine with that, right? We know our abilities. The, the, the older we get, and we're fine with those. We know what we can and we can't do, and it's okay. But the owner here knows exactly all about his servants, and he gave them according to their ability. Wouldn't it have been cruel if he had given Micah five and then demanded him do what he couldn't do with it? Oh, I'm so glad we have a wise owner. Amen? Amen. And so he gave them according to his several ability, and then what he does he do? He, he, he goes away. He goes away. He goes away for some time, and the Bible says here he comes back. What do you know? <laughs> he said he was coming back, right? <laughs> he came back. Can I tell you? He's coming back. He is. Amen. Notice this. The owner returns. There's three things that the owner does when he gets home. He's going to call them, he's going to commend two of them, and he's going to chastise one of them. And notice this here, he calls for his servants, and uh, in verse uh, uh, 15 we see he gives out the money that he had received, he goes away, and, uh, and then uh, verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them, in verse 19, and then in verse 20, And so he that had received five talents uh, came and brought five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside thee five talents more. And he did the same with the one with two and the one with one. So here he is. I'm, I'm calling my servants now. I'm, servants, come here. Yep, here we go. Yep, I want to see how well you did. How do you think they did? Well, you know, I know you know the story. Just play along, would you? What do you got? You got ten. Look at that. Where'd you get the other five? Don't tell them. Okay. Look at that. Good. Good job. Thank you. Oh, what'd you do, Brother Jim? What do you got? You got two two-dollar bills. Did right. you? You didn't print this one, did you? No, nope, it was okay. my brilliant financial acumen. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Good job. How'd you do? Uh, a little money. <laughs> it's even smaller than the one I gave you. <laughs> Look how little that is. What happened? Wow. Wait, hold on a minute. Yeah, no, no, you can go, you can go. Because it's going to get real ugly. You don't want to be around for this. What does the owner say? 
he says to, to the, the doubler here, well done, right? good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. Look at this. To, oh, yeah, that was, sorry, that wasn't yours. You did better than that. Yeah. He doubled what he was given. No, over here, the, the five guy made ten. He doubled what he was given, right? What, what did the Lord, what did the, what did the owner of the servant say? He said, well done. Well done. Now good and faithful servant. Well done. What is that? Approval. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Good and faithful. What is he saying? Character. Watch. This is a character thing. You, you were faithful with what I gave you. It wasn't yours. Hey, listen. Everything that we have, it's not ours. It's his. And he was faithful. He said, well done thou good and faithful servant. Notice he didn't say good and prosperous. Do you notice he didn't come back with 15, right? That wasn't the issue. The issue was, was he did, he, 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 he multiplied and did better with what he was given. He didn't come back with 15. He didn't say good and prosperous. He said faithful, faithful, multiplication. He got more when he returned. Oh, wait, this guy didn't come back with six. He came back with four. Doesn't matter. He said he was good and faithful. He multiplied what he was given. Uh-oh. Here, there, was, there, was a, there, there was a calling, right? And there was some commendation, right? Uh-oh, here comes a chastisement. Sorry, Micah. I'm not really happy about this. Right. You know what you could have done? You could have gone down to our bank and at least deposited it. And I would have, well, right now, what's interest rates on? Uh, you can get a nice CD at about 5%, right? 6% even, I think. I could have had a dollar and six cents, maybe. I don't, well, it depends how long I was gone. But, I mean, I could have had a little more, right? Yeah. Did, wait, did you see what he calls him? The word good isn't used. It's wicked. Character. Let that sink in. The illustration is, I have given you my stuff to multiply, and you hit it. You did nothing with it. Actually, it's just kind of wrinkled up. A little dirty. Was it under a rock? Was it in your room? I've heard about that. No, Mike is very neat. I'm just kidding. Wicked. Notice what else he calls them. Slothful. It's pretty rough. A wicked and a slothful character. Wicked, disapproval. Slothful, it's his character. Servant. If you'll notice here, God has much to say about the sluggard, doesn't he? Listen to some of these. Proverbs 26, 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men can render an answer. Well, why didn't you invest this? Oh, well, and here comes a multitude of reasons why. And somebody could have said, well, you could have at least dropped it at the bank and got some interest. Oh, well, no, no, no. No, that's, that's what the sluggard does. Excuse, 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 excuse. You get the wisest people to come along. You could have Dave Ramsey follow him in his, for the whole time and help him out. And he would still argue with Dave Ramsey every day of why he shouldn't do what he said. right? Because what? That is the attitude. That is the, the character of a sluggard. Proverbs 18.9, he also that is thoughtful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. How many, how many were brought up by parents or grandparents that taught you not to waste? I mean, you didn't throw nothing away, right? You know, it's interesting, the character connection here is one of a sluggard, a lazy sluggard wastes. What's the biggest thing they usually waste is time. The greatest commodity, the most expensive commodity that we have been given is time. And how often it gets wasted. Reminds me over in Proverbs, it says, As the door upon his hinges, so is the sloth upon his bed. What does a door do on hinges? Back and forth and back and forth. What does a sloth do on his bed? Never getting up. <laughs> wake up, roll over. Wake up, roll over. Roll back over. Yeah. Can I tell you, laziness is sin. It is a sin. I watched my grandfather with knees that were not good. I watched him in his 90s go out every morning out in the yard. And the only thing that he could do is weed his flower beds and weed his gardens. And he would sit out there in his 90s 
90s, all day long, I would watch him get up and move from one place. There's this chain link fence and he'd grab onto it and pull himself up and he'd kind of hobble down to the next place. This is going to be Brother Earl in his gardens. And he would get down and get himself down. He'd get seated and up he'd start digging. Why? He wasn't lazy. Know what he told me? We'd be out in the fields picking rock. You know what he'd say behind us? My grandfather told me a lazy man will die young. That's what we heard growing up. All, ask all of the cousins. They all got to hear it. A lazy man will die young. Let me tell you something. Laziness is sin. It is wickedness. This is what he's saying here. God has designed, watch, God has designed us to work and to build and to create and to produce. I mean, this is how we operate the best. And this is what he has made us to do. Listen, laziness is the visible manifestation of self-centeredness and selfishness. It's all about me. Yeah. We live in a lazy generation, don't we? I mean, people can't even get dressed to go to the grocery store. They're in their slippers and pajamas. I'm like, good night. Is it that hard to put clothes on? Right? It's just a manifestation. You know, you know what? You want to talk about self-centeredness? 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even today for most of us. I mean, we wouldn't want somebody to see us in our pajamas and our house clothes. But no, they're so self-centered today. Right? I don't care. I was in a sales meeting one morning, and uh, all, a whole long table full of us, and this girl walked by, her, one of the receptionists walked by in her pajamas. This was like 15 years ago. And I looked at the, at, at the, uh, at the uh, uh, fabrication manager next to me. I'm like, was she in her pajamas? And he goes, yep, I guess that's what you do now. I'm like, good night. Okay, we're getting to be dinosaurs. I get it, you know. Laziness. He called him a wicked and a slothful servant. He did, watch, he didn't multiply what God had given him. He didn't multiply, this is the parable, we know what it is, what the owner had given him. He was too lazy to bring it to the bank. He was too self-centered and so self-centered that maybe we see here in the text he moved with fear. He said, I, I, he said, and I was afraid, verse 25, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. Like he really did something well. Yeah. Fear is self-centered. Yeah. We've not been given the spirit of fear, but of adoption. We've not been given that spirit of fear. If we have a spirit of fear, that's not us. It's, God. it's very self-centered. Oh, no, there's some things to be, have great fear over. I get that. I'm not going to go swim across the English Channel. Trust me. I have great fear of that. That's wisdom. But there's a difference between wisdom and, and just living in fear. That, watch, a fear that, that, that keeps you from doing what God wants you to do. So God has designed us this way. God has designed us to get off of our duff, stop living for ourselves, get out and produce something of value. Could you imagine buying a racehorse? And all that thing wants to do is lay in the barn and eat. Never wants to get out of the stall. How many of you ever had a horse try to work with and got barn sour? The only thing it'd ever do is try to, I mean, you got out, I mean, you had some cows you had to move and they'd almost get there. And man, if you got too close to the barn, they're like, back to the barn, right? They're barn sour, right? They're worthless. Yeah. You fix them by certain ways of not doing that. That's another story. The owner, don't miss this. The owner rebuked the last servant for being lazy and self-centered and unproductive. And he said that lifestyle is wicked. I don't know how much more plain you get than that. I don't, I don't see how, how, how much deeper we need to get to understand the mind of God towards, towards laziness and uh, not being productive in the kingdom. The owner wanted more, right? It's pretty simple. But the Martin brought all his money to the investor. Why? Because he wanted more. He wanted more. What, is it right for him to want more? Yeah, it is. Is it right for him to demand Edward Jones and Vanguard and Stiefel to give him more than what he brought him? Sure it is. They're getting paid for it too. Say, well, I'm not getting paid. Well, we are. <laughs> yeah. 
But I want to show you the connection here and we'll be done. We know it's a parable, right? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The elements of the parable have real life application and meaning. I want you to notice this as well. I was thinking about this early this morning, actually. If you go over, look at chapter 26, just a page over. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, what were the sayings? Chapter 25, where we are. He said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Jesus is two days from a crucifixion. He is two days from leaving planet earth. He'll come back for 40 days, but then he's gone. He's, what, there, there are multitudes here, it's why I gave a parable. He really just wanted, he wanted those that were his to, to understand this. He's giving instruction just before he leaves. How many know some of the most profound words that are uttered are those right before death? Some of the most weighty words the world has ever received are those right before death. Jesus knows exactly where he's headed. He's not going to be surprised in two days. This is what he came for. This is what he knows is coming. And he knows it's going to happen in these two days. And he's given them some instruction. What's the instruction? Increase. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I will be back. Increase. Increase. He's leaving his disciples with instructions through a story that they're going to understand. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's not the church. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is invisible. The kingdom of heaven is universal. The kingdom of heaven does not have a pastor or deacons. The kingdom of heaven doesn't take up offerings. There is no tithing in the kingdom of heaven or giving. The kingdom of heaven doesn't have the Lord's Supper. It's invisible. What is the kingdom of heaven? We know that Jesus, when they asked Jesus about the kingdom, He said, you know, know, don't look here, it's not here or there. He said, but the kingdom is within you. So what is the kingdom of of heaven? What is the kingdom of God? They're both the same thing. You'll see that in the Testament. You'll see it's called the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Same thing. What is it? Well, it's every born-again believer is a part of the kingdom of heaven. So this is not written to a church. The church is visible. The church is local. The church is made up of baptized believers who are added to that body. It's a body. It's a building. It's a bride. Those are the three metaphors of the church. So this is not, he's not talking to a church. He's talking to the kingdom. He's talking to believers in general. All of the saved of the church age. Who, who is the owner? Well, we know this. It's Jesus Christ. It's His kingdom. Amen? Who are the servants? Well, it's you and I. We know that. I know you've already put it together, but let me just go ahead and do it, please. Right? We, we are the servants. It is us. We have, watch. We have been given everything by Jesus Christ to accomplish what He wants us to accomplish. What is it? What, what do we have? Right? What do we have? Well, remember when Jesus said, uh, you know, it talks about a father giving good gifts to his son. How much more will, the, will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? What better thing could we have to be equipped with than the indwelling Spirit of God? What have we been left with in this life but God Himself residing in us? We have been given everything possible to, to accomplish what God wants us to do, right? We are the servants. We are servants. You know, Peter, James, and Paul, uh, John, they all open their letters with this line, a servant of Jesus Christ. That word servant there is the Greek word doulos. It means a slave. Some have said, I've heard in years past, even more, more defined than just a slave, would be equivalent to like on a ship, a third level galley slave in the lowest quarters of the ship uh, with those oars. Uh, rowing away in some of those old ships that they would row. Uh, listen, this is a, a lowest of the low of servants. This is one who has, has relinquished all rights of their own and just said, I am here for you and your pleasure only. Servants. That's you and I. It's you and I. You know, in all of this, we still have our free will intact. And it's up to you and I whether we are going to choose to be a servant or not. No, no, you, you can be like this yahoo in the back here who brought his dollar back, right? Because he just didn't want to. 
Or you can be like these two precious souls over here who just took with what they were given and multiplied them. What a joy. No, no, what I'm saying, it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. But here's the big question. Heavenly, uh, earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There are definitely aspects of this that have connections to the reality of life. What are the talents? Some people mistakenly talk about talents. Well, you can do this and you have this talent. God gave you that talent. Well, that's not what these talents are. This, this is money. It's just something of, wait, hold on. Let me get a little more general here. It's something of value. Now, yes, your talents are of value. But what's even of greater value? Time is of a great value. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Money. Yeah, the guy who doubled his big one, he's, that's what he's thinking about. Money. Yeah. What about souls? Pretty valuable. Don't you think somebody lost and dying on their way to hell is pretty valuable? Don't you think somebody, you say, well, they're just, they're on their way. I know nobody in here thinks this way, but there's some people I think, well, well, I mean, they're, they're on their way to hell. Yeah, but God died for them. They have value to him. So it's souls, well, okay. But he didn't leave, necessarily leave us souls. What did he leave us to reach souls? What did Jesus say? He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Who is the vis- what is the visible manifestation on this planet of Jesus today? Church. His church. His church. Yeah. So are you saying emphatically that talents represent the church? I'm not saying that emphatically. No, I'm not. But there's a great application here. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Listen, the parable just above this is the parable of the ten virgins when the Lord came in an hour they knew not. And, and some five, you know, five were ready and five weren't ready. <coughs> No, he's coming back. He has left, what has he left here? His church. The visible, visible, not invisible, the visible local body, the churches that are the churches of Jesus Christ. They have been left here on this planet, what? As God's vehicle, as we see in Romans uh, 9, 10, 11, God has put Israel on the shelf and he, uh, and, he, and he started his church and Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's coming back when he comes back. He's coming back for his bride who is the church. He's coming for the saints but it, within all of the saints is included in that is his bride, obviously and he's coming back for that. What is the purpose of the church, the the commission that Jesus gave to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why do we go in all the world and preach the gospel? Because it's the preaching, the foolishness of preaching that saves, and it's the believing the gospel what brings people from a condition of being lost to being saved. And the only way the gospel gets into all of the world is if a church... Is, is preaching and reaching and multiplying and growing and expanding like it ought to. That's it. What has God left? He's left us the church. Amen. And it's our responsibility to reach the lost around us and the lost into all the world. Increase. Increase. That's what He wants. Uh, no, no, listen, anything that God has given us has purpose in the kingdom to prosper for him. I, I get that. I mean, he, we, we have time and, and energy and money. I mean, I mean, all of that goes into reaching the lost, right? What happens when somebody gets saved? Well, they're baptized. Well, they should be. What happens, you know, you believe first, right? Baptism doesn't save you. You're belie- you believe the gospel. Acts 2, as many as believed, right? Uh, uh, he, the Lord added unto them, you believe, 
They that gladly received His word were baptized. There we go. Sorry about that. They that gladly received His word, they received it, they believed it. They were baptized. Who baptized? The church, which had the authority there. Jesus' church, 120 in the upper room, right? The church Jesus started. They baptized them. And He said He added unto them 3,000 souls. Added. He put 3,000. What did He add to? Well, you got 3,000 added to zero. Is, it's not adding. What was it added to? Is added to them was the upper, the 120 in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. What happened to the, what happened to the church Jesus started on the day of Pentecost? It expanded and grew. How? With souls. It was added to exactly what he intended his churches to do. Grow. Expand. What? So when he comes back, when he returns... They've had a, they, 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 no, no, they, had, they had a greater effect and a greater multiplication. Watch, that was visible. These are, this is a visible, ret- listen, a visible return and a visible assessment of what his servants did. And they had visibly in front of them a 10 instead of 5 and 4 instead of 2. And we're not going to talk about him. It was a visible return. It was, a visible, it was obvious to see the growth. And he's coming back. And he's going to give an assessment. Well, no, no, it's not about how much you started with. It's about what you did with what you have. Yeah. Listen, this church wasn't planted in a city of 50,000. Or uh, uh, let me say, uh, especially when it was first, you know, what was there, Alan? 1,200 people laying around here? I don't know what the population was around here years ago. Hey, but, but even where we are today, right? We're not sitting in a city of a million. I, I know churches that run in the thousands. And you, people look at it and go, wow, now that's where we need to be. Well, friend, reality, they're in a, they're in a city of a couple million. <laughs> the percentages are still the same, right? That's not the point. The point is, what have you done with what you've been given. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why? Because he wants more. Do you have every right? Wait, do you have every right with your belongings? If you leave it with somebody to multiply, do you have every right to expect them to multiply it? Absolutely. And Jesus has every right to expect us to multiply what he's given us to multiply. Because he wants more. Why? Because he loves the world. Because he loved you, Bubba. And he pursued you. And listen, people expended money on you and expended prayer on you and expended time on you. Why? Because they were in love with the one that loved you. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So, what is the condition of Crimson Avenue Baptist Church? Like every church, we've had some real ups and downs. They all do. Every life does. Every church does. Right? There's not a church on the planet that is just up, up, up. Right? For the Davidson, you ever seen one of those? Never, never a problem? They just, I mean, they, they're not out there. They're not out there. Church, all churches have revolving doors. People come and go. The bigger ones, you just don't see them as easily because there's a lot more people in there. But they, the attrition rate is still there. Listen, if somebody could follow Paul around like Demas and leave, you really think somebody can't, you know, be here with us and leave? It's going to happen. We're not a Paul, that's for sure. (laughs) We've had some ups and downs, absolutely. But as servants of God, has your mind and your motivation 
and your heart? Has it been centered around doing more than you have? Have you given the thought of maybe the Lord wants more out of us? Wait, let me say this. Maybe the Lord wants us to multiply what we have. Not like this one over here or that one over here, but what we have been given. Multiply. Listen, we don't know where the town of Nix is going. We don't know how many people. People keep moving in here. We may, and listen, we might have, uh, you know, this might turn into 100,000 people around us. I don't know. Kind of hope not. But then again, I mean, the Lord brings more people right to us to reach. That's better. But what I'm saying is Crimson Avenue Baptist Church may never be a church of a thousand. That's not the point. The point is, in our heart of hearts, are we seeking to multiply what we've been given? You know what Jesus said in this parable and nobody called that? A good and a faithful servant. Not good and prosperous. Good, it's approval, faithful character. Good and faithful servant. Jesus told Peter, remember he said, I'm going I'm to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You know that, that job description applies to all of us? I've got a neat, neat poster we're going to have printed that goes back here. I, I've got it all done. I like it. It's a picture I took of the Sea of Galilee when I was there. And I've, you'll, you'll see it. We'll unveil it here soon. But it's this verse right here. I will make you fishers of men. That's our job description. What do, do we have the bait? Oh, listen, we got the bait. <laughs> We've got the Word of God. It works every time. Yeah. It just needs to be thrown out there. It just needs to be cast out. Listen, you can have the best fishing rod. You can have the best bait. You can have the best boat. You can have all the best nets. You can have everything, the best of everything there is. And if it sits in your garage and never leaves, listen, friend, you will never catch a fish. It's not rocket science. Amen. It's really not. Are you fishing? Are you fishing? Are you actively seeking? No, I'm asking us as a church. Are you actively seeking the lost? Do you at least have a desire to be, do more that you say, Lord, I don't know what I can do at this stage of life. I don't know what I can do right now, but I want to do more. Why? Because He's, he's worthy. Because it's His. Because He expects growth. Yeah. Let me give you two reminders. Number one, the owner never mentioned in the parable has never mentioned the condition of the world as a hindrance. I have fallen in this trap. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, it's never been this bad before. Nobody's coming. Nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing that. Really? People are still getting saved. <laughs> Abs- you know, amen, they are. People absolutely are. If God entrusts us with something, watch. If He entrusts us with something, that means more is always possible. That's how his economy works. Let me give you number two. Reminder number two, verse 28 through 30. God will take what little we do have and give it to somebody else that is faithful if we'll do nothing with it. I watched the church that we came from when we came here. I watched so many people come in and out of that church, not to be stay there their whole life, but to come in and to be sent out to go do something. And for some reason, they ended up at one church. Why? Because they were the ones always doing it. And it's like God directed people there all the time. Church planters and missionaries and all of the. They always ended up at this church. Why? Because they were doing it. Right? They were doing it. You can make all the connections. I mean, you know the connections there. He took what was unfaithful in that one. He took that and gave it to the one that was actually doing it. This is an absolute law in God's economy. Right? If some, a singer who doesn't sing after years, they lose the voice. If you're not using it, listen, you, you, you've heard it, right? Use it or lose it. That's what happens, right? Listen, it happens in churches as well. We're, we're either going to reach our community with, with a heart and with desire and with, with compassion and with purpose, or we'll shrivel up, right? And somebody else will come along and win them to Christ and build the church. Oh, this won't shrivel up. Friend, it can. Don't. Oh. 
Don't, don't think that it can't. I think we need to decide first day of the year, first Sunday of the year, I think we need to decide, are we going to do more in 24? Are we going to do more? Are we going to have more love? Are we going to be more, have more in our Bible? Are we going to have more assembling? Are we going to have more fishing? Are we going to have more evangelism, right? Are we going to have more tracks or more doors, or more special events, more kids, more adults, more? Are we, going, are we just going to determine uh, today that, that we, we could just do more? It's up to us today to do that. Have a great, great first Sunday of the year to get alone with God and say, you know, I don't know how it looks. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to put them in my life. We've been looking at that in Sunday school. Amen. God has prepared our path in our past, in our life, and our experiences in our life to intersect with other people with the gospel. And you may sit here this morning and say, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I, in, in, in the depths of my soul, as a member of Crimson Avenue Baptist Church, I want to do more this year than I have in the past. Can I tell you, that's a great place to start. Yeah. It's, listen, wicked and slothful servant, good and faithful servant, character issues, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. What does a sloth do? Well, I'm to this, I'm to that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Hmm. Or you can have the heart that says, I don't know how I'm going to do this or do that. I don't know what it looks like. Boy, I want to. Why? Let me say it real simply. I'm not going to hell. God rescued me. Right? It's your reasonable service, Romans 12. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right? I said it in Sunday school. He he never commands us, uh, you know, to, to be a martyr. It happens, but that's never a command of God. What's he give us to do for him? Things that are reasonable. Do you want to do more? Do you want to do more? Do you really? Do you really? I know I do. And uh, by the help of the Lord, we're just going to, I'm going to stay in a place. I just, you know, already begin the year. Stay in a place of prayer. How are we going to do more this year? How are we going to reach more? If you notice in your bulletin, I, I showed you this morning, 10,000, there's an easy place to start. We just did, let's get 10,000 tracks out this year. Why don't we just start there? 10,000, that's not a big deal. It really isn't. Right? More. Father, thank you this morning for a new year. I thank you for just a clear illustration of your kingdom and how it works. I'm thankful that, uh, Lord, we are your servants. We are the servants of the Most High God. I'm thankful that you love us and you rescued us and you sought us out. But yet, Lord, there's still a world that needs the gospel and needs to be reached. And Lord, we just need to do more. Father, if we've not had a heart to do more, would you correct that and forgive us? If we struggle with that heart, would you give us that heart? And Lord, would you help us to settle today, today, that we'd put a stake in the ground, that this year, no matter, I don't know how it's going to look or how it's going to happen, but in my heart of hearts, we're going to do more this year than we ever have. And we'll thank you for what you do, and we're looking forward to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand this morning, if you would, please. The instrument is playing. People are praying. The altar is open. How many here this morning would come to the Lord this morning at an altar? It's open. And just say, I want to do more. Lord, I don't know how it's going to look, but I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I want to do more. You know my heart. I was gripped by a saying. I was gripped by a quote of one who just passed away, Clarence Sexton. They said, said many times, when I die, I want a thousand things on my heart that I wanted to do for God. Wow. How many things are on your heart that you want to do for God?
It's a hard attitude. It's a heart. A heart like Isaiah that said, Here my Lord, send me. Send me. Something. Jesus talked about things as simple as giving a cup of cold water in his name. Doing more isn't running across the world and having, you know, thousands saved in, in Africa. Doing more is just taking with what God gave you and having a heart and a desire to see it grow and do and multiply. Fruit. Fruit for the labor. Well, next few weeks we have several more topics on more things that we need to look at. Looking forward to that. So, well, God bless you. We'll have discipleship tonight at 5 o'clock. I believe it's on the Word of God. I think that's the one tonight. And uh, that's always a good one. And look, we'll be looking forward to that. And we have a good turnout for